Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dan McTagg joins us, president of Canadians for Affordable Energy for 18 years, a member of the Liberal Party, is a member of Parliament, more than 18 years, a member of the Liberal Party, but a member of Parliament for 18 years. And uh, all you need to do is to get Dan's eyes lit up and say carbon tax, uh, because Mr. McTagg understands what the cost of the carbon tax is to the average Canadian, far better than most of us, and uh, he's about to join us on that after we spoke with Professor Sylvain Charlebois and his op-ed, Carbon Tax Could Lead to Food Insecurity for Canadians. Dan, good to have you with us. Where do we start? Where do you want to start on the carbon tax? Well, I guess it's uh, lifting from where uh, Professor Charlebois has gone, and that's that, uh, this carbon tax increase uh, of fourfold, if you consider today we're dealing with $30 a ton, going to $170 a ton. But we may have also overlooked what uh, Prime Minister Trudeau did the week later, which was to add what he called, and it's a misnomer, it's, it's, a, it's actually a very dishonest term, a clean fuel standard. So not only do you have a tax uh, quadrupling, you now have a, another tax regulation that is going to be placed on all so-called emitters, uh, which will have the effect not only of really crippling the first carbon tax that uh, the good professor was talking about, but now leading to substantial increases in the cost of living for everyone. Give an example uh, through our report, which you can find, uh, Roy, uh, I know you and I have talked about this before, affordableenergy.ca. But look at the LFX uh, report by economists, which shows that uh, for average uh, workers, single workers in Newfoundland, for instance, the increase uh, on the clean fuel standard alone will be $1,000 a year in compliance costs. That's over and, over and above the first carbon tax. So when I talk carbon tax, I talk carbon taxes, because that's what really the Liberals have proposed here. And it's, uh, it's going to be extremely punitive, not just to the agricultural sector. Farmers who are having to pay really one-fifth uh, of their cost right now to dry grain can't pass that on, as uh, Professor Charlotte has pointed out but also now have to pay with higher freight rates to get that product to market. So it's likely to, leave, to lead to significant dislocation for the Canadian economy, our agricultural sector, our, uh, certainly our energy sector. And now, of course, consumers as a whole will have a lot less uh, disposable income, notwithstanding the fact that the government keeps shielding itself with these rebates. The rebates don't come even close to what this is going to do to impact every single family in the country. Let's talk about the rebates because that always is the response. It's invariably it's the uh, it's the go-to response. You will get everything back that you paid in in carbon tax and more. And just before you reply to that, uh, I remember Brad Wall, who was then the Premier of Saskatchewan, at a Premier's conference with Trudeau, and Trudeau was going on about the carbon tax, and Mr. Wall um, challenged him, and and Trudeau said. Well, your farmers will send in the money for the carbon, you know, the carbon tax. They'll pay the carbon tax. And then we will rebate the money. And Brad Wall looked at Justin Trudeau and said, well, what's the point? <laughs> and that's actually the, probably the best way of responding to all of this. Uh, if we're going to go through this great exercise, because we want to say that we're going to live up to a commitment, a bad deal that we signed. We signed a deal called the Paris Climate Accord, which says that we have to punish Canada, even though we've been years ahead of most other countries when it came to clean energy. Our so-called carbon footprint is minuscule. But we have something else called natural gas, which we could sell to countries like China, who are truly the emissions leaders and will continue to be so for the next you know, 20 or 30 years. They get quite a they get a 15-year break, so they can build up at least to 2030, increasing their emissions by probably 80 to 100% 
while Canada is forced to starve. And I think that's uh, uh, something that uh, I'm putting back my old foreign affairs cap. It was a bad international treaty. We should walk away from it very quickly and come back and say, Canada will do all these things. We'll, you know, twist ourselves into pretzels, but you have to make sure that China's on the same path. And if it's not, then how are we going to stop global emissions from rising, which is, after all, the mandate of the UN? Well, Dan, where is there even one excuse, reason, rationale for China not being as responsible, for China not being on the same schedule as Canada and any other nation? Where? How can they? I know that I know they've done it through the UN and all of their connections, but there's no justification for that. Well, we're the International Boy Scouts. What we're really saying is that hey, Canada's going to do it, so China maybe you should do it as well. China is laughing. They're going to increase their output. They're going to increase their reliance on coal. They're going to continue to spew out more so-called emissions, uh, and at the same time harm the Canadian economy. Well, are they not? Are they not building thousands of coal-fired energy plants? They're going to increase their energy output by at least 40%. Now, there's a whole host of reasons for that, but the reality is not just them. India will do the same. Uh, Indonesia will do the same. South Korea, Japan, even Germany has to do the same because they realize that hydro rates, like here in Ontario, uh, are, what, uh, 34 cents a kilowatt hour? So that means, basically, uh, we're getting very close to that here in Ontario. We're not for the fact that the government here has to subsidize $6.6 billion bucks. But if you think that's bad... Think of Bill C-12. We'll talk about this some other time, but Bill C-12, which basically puts into law the inability for us to walk away from this and say, hey, we have to do something that's in the interest of the country. We're about to set net zero, which means 3 to $5 trillion in electrification to mm. achieve zero in terms of emissions. And that's where I think okay. it's a bad deal, and it's unfortunate. Oh, we, we, have about, we have about 30 seconds. Way. I just want to uh, remind everyone that uh, during the 2015 Paris Conference on Climate, the energy minister, I forget her name uh, at the time. McKenna? Catherine McKenna? Yeah. Uh, two of her staffers spent thousands or ran up thousands of dollars on the public credit card on dining and wine expenses. Remember that? I do. And 383 people went from Canada. When I, uh, that, the U.S., Australia, and other delegations, we sent yeah. more than four or five countries yeah. went there just to be yeah. cool affordableenergy.ca my friend Dan McTague's website Canadians for Affordable Energy If you want to hear more subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify, Stitcher or wherever you find your favorites and if you like what you hear leave us a review and tell a friend I'm Roy Green Have a great weekend 